0: Good morning to all, buenos dias a todos, welcome to Sunrise, my name is uh, Ross Siders and it's my privilege to be a part of this community, to serve in a number of ways, mi nombre es Ross Siders, es un privilegio servir en esta comunidad and I am grateful that I don't do that by myself, we do it as a team, we have so many servants, willing people who give of their time and of their abilities and some of those people on that team are our Children in worship helpers and uh, leaders. And so we want to send our children out with them right now. It's children in worship time. Es el tiempo de niños en adoración. Vamos a enviar a los niños al tiempo en la palabra de Dios que ellos puedan tener. Boys and girls, have a great time learning about Jesus and his love for you. The rest of us are going to be diving in here as Jonathan shared. We're going to be getting into the book of Revelation, and there are Bibles in the back if you need one. In fact, if you don't own a Bible, those Bibles are for the taking. You can take one home and have it. It's yours. si no tienes una Biblia, puedes tener esa Biblia, mantenerla, llevarla a casa, es tuya. We're going to be turning into, uh, as Jonathan said, the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, chapter 8. Verses or chapter 8 and our reading is going to be from chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. La lectura va a ser de Apocalipsis, capítulo versículos al We're looking at all of chapters 8 and 9 today. And I just want to pause and, and really say, hey, you're doing it. Keep going in reading Revelation. There's a lot you're not going to understand. Welcome to the club. Okay, I'm a part of that club too. So, but we're doing this. We're getting through this amazing book of God's word. Uh, les quiero instar a que sigan leyendo cada semana. Next week it'll be chapters 10 and 11 we're looking at. And we're actually a third of the way through already uh, as of today, this message series. Hoy estamos llegando a la tercera parte de esta serie de mensajes. So, I'm going to read verses 1 through 6, first in English, then in Spanish. Comienzo leyendo en inglés, después en español. And I want to set the scene. Again, we have this vision of Jesus the Lamb, and He's holding on to a scroll with seven seals on it, and He's been taking these seals off one by one. Jesús el Cordero en la visión tiene un rollo con siete sellos, está quitando los sellos. So that's where we pick it up. Chapter 8, verse 1, when He, Jesus the Lamb, opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of the saints went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar... And hurled it on the earth, and there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. Cuando el cordero rompió el séptimo sello, hubo silencio en el cielo como por media hora. Y vi a los siete ángeles que están de pie delante de Dios, a los cuales se les dieron siete trompetas. Se acercó otro ángel y se puso de pie frente al altar. Tenía un incensario de oro y se le entregó mucho incienso para ofrecerlo junto con las oraciones de todo el pueblo de Dios sobre el altar de oro que está delante del trono. Y junto con esas oraciones subió el humo del incienso desde la mano del ángel hasta la presencia de Dios. Luego el ángel tomó el incensario y lo llenó con brasas el altar, las cuales arrojó sobre la tierra y se produjeron truenos, estruendos, relámpagos y un terremoto. Los siete ángeles que tenían las siete trompetas se dispusieron a tocarlas. So, as I've been reading through chapters 8 and 9 and, and studying this, there comes to mind for me uh, basically the image of two different popular games. Al mirar eso estoy pensando en dos juegos de mesa. These games, in a way, are similar. In a way, they are similar, so muy parecidos. For example, both of these games that I'm thinking of are played on a board with 64 squares. Se juegan en una tabla de 64 cuadros. Okay? Both games involve moving pieces on that board uh, according to set-determined rules of how to do that. Se muevan piezas en los dos juegos según las reglas. Both games that I'm thinking of involves strategy to some level or another. Los dos juegos tienen que ver con la estrategia. But at that point, basically the similarities end because these games are very different. Ahí terminan las semejanzas. One game is really so easy, so simple, a child can play it. Un juego muy sencillo, como para un niño. The other game is so complex that even geniuses struggle to play it well. El otro es tan complejo, aun los genios no lo juegan bien. What are the games I'm thinking of? Well, of course, I'm thinking of checkers and chess. Las damas y el ajedrez. Now, in checkers, the objective is quite simple. You just keep jumping over your opponent. You just keep going forward until you get to the end. And the goal is to make yourself king, and then you can do whatever you want. You can go backwards and forwards. And las damas, brincas adelante hasta hacerte re, ¿verdad? And you're trying to eliminate your opponent. Intentas eliminar tu enemigo. In chess, it's a little bit different. You're moving the pieces up, back and forth, to the side, in different configurations. And the goal is not for you to become king. The goal is for you to, in a sense, corner, trap, capture the king of your opponent. ajedrez las piezas no para sino para capturar el rey de tu enemigo. So, two similar games, two very different games. And so as we come to chapters 8 and 9, I want you to have this in mind. But first I'd like to back up just a little bit. Quiero retroceder un poco. And I'd like to kind of remind us what Greg shared with us last week. It's an excellent message. If you've not seen it, you can go online and catch it. In chapters 6 and 7 of Revelation, Greg introduced us to the seven seals that were on this scroll. Uh, and seis y siete hay siete sellos en el rollo. And, and the lamb is taking off the seals, and Greg covered six of those seven seals in his message. Miramos seis de los siete sellos. Now, today, in chapters 8 and 9, we're introduced to seven trumpets. Hoy vemos siete trompetas. We'll be talking about those. And then, in a few weeks... When we get to chapters 15 and 16, we're going to see the seven seals, or rather the seven bowls of the wrath of God. In 15 y 16 vamos a ver las siete copas de la ira de Dios. So we have three groups of seven here. Seven being a number of completion, of perfection. Siete es el número de la perfección. And as we look at these, as we look at seven seals, seven trumpets, seven Bulls, the temptation for us is going to be to play checkers. esto, vamos a tentados a jugar las damas. To just think of these sevens as events that come one after another. This, you know, first there's this, and then there's that, and the other thing. Vamos a pensar como en eventos que siguen uno tras otro. Now, there is some truth to that. Es un poco verdad, but there's also something else going on. That we need to understand. Because you see, God is not playing checkers. God is playing chess. Dios está jugando, no las damas, sino el ajedrez. And God's not just playing regular chess, God is playing multi level chess. You know, like on Star Trek, you remember those chessboards stacked on top of each other and you got the pieces not only going forwards and backwards, but they're going up and down. Dios está jugando ajedrez en varios niveles, como en en Viaje a las Estrellas, esas tablas de ajedrez. God is showing us something from a number of different perspectives. God is, is playing this game in ways that we don't understand. So as history is unfolding, as his story is unfolding with these scrolls we need to keep this in mind God is trying to explain something to us from a number of different levels Dios está explicando algo de varios niveles for example with the seven seals Bible scholars believe that what the seven seals are all about is a summary a snapshot of all of history it's what's inside the scroll. Es un resumen. Los son resumen de lo que está dentro del rollo. Notice, the seals are not in the scroll. The seals are outside of the scroll. Los sellos están fuera del rollo. And so, as you take the seals off, you see the picture of history unfolding. And what is the summary of all of history? ¿Cuál es el resumen? Everything is going forward towards what's called the great day. If you look at the sixth trumpet in Revelation 6, 17, when the sixth trumpet is sounded, the people hide and they say, oh no, the great day is here. The great day of God's wrath is coming. Después de la sexta trompeta, la gente dice, viene el gran día del castigo de Dios. What is that day? That is the day when history reaches its climax in a sense, when God's patience with the evil and the injustice of our world is finally exhausted and God's wrath has been stored up to its limit and God is ready to judge. He's ready to put everything back the way it's supposed to be, to right all the wrongs and to deal with all the evil. El gran día de la ira de Dios es cuando se agota la paciencia de Dios y su ira por fin llega a su colmo. Y Dios juzga y pone todas las cosas bien. And until that point, the events that are going on are, are events that we need to understand that are giving birth to something. Because actually the climax is not the day of wrath or the day of judgment. It's what's beyond that. God is in the process of giving birth to something new. Dios está dando a luz algo nuevo. Jesus described it for us very simply in Matthew 24, verses 6 through 8. Mateo 24, 6 8. Jesus says, now remember, you you will look out and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. de guerras y rumores de guerras, pero procuren no alarmarse. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Es necesario that eso suceda, pero no será todavía el fin. And he describes what history is going to be like. Nation will rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines. There will be earthquakes in various places. Nación se levantará contra nación. Reino contra reino. Habrá hambres, terremotos, etc. But then Jesus says, all of these things are the beginning of birth pains. Estos son el, apenas el comienzo de los dolores de parto. So God is, through history, giving birth to something. What's he giving birth to? Well, Jonathan said it. We can peek at the end of the book and see. Revelation chapter 21, 22. He's giving birth to, to a new creation, to, to the heavens and the earth being reunited in a new reality. They were split apart in Eden, and now they're coming back together again. dar luz una nueva creación, un nuevo cielo, una nueva tierra, reunidos. But we'll get to that in just a minute. For now we want to get to chapter 8. And there at the very beginning we find the seventh seal is being opened. And when the seventh seal is opened by the lamb of God, what do we get? Cuando se abre el séptimo sello, ¿qué pasa? Silence. Crickets. For about a half hour I silencio. But we need to understand something. This silence is not nothing. It's what you might call a pregnant silence. Es un silencio fecundo. Because you see, God is giving birth to his new order. Dios da luz su nuevo orden. And then it's almost like at this point we rewind the video. Rebobinamos el video, and we're back with now the seven trumpets. And it's almost like we're looking at the same scene, but from a different angle. Ya tenemos las siete trompetas. So I want to take you through that, beginning in chapter 8, verse 7, 8, The first angel sounds his trumpet. What comes? Hail and fire mixed with blood. A third of the earth is burned up. A third of the trees, a third of the grass. Se toca la primera trompeta, viene granizo, fuego, sangre. Una tercera parte de la tierra se quema. Second angel sounds his trumpet. Verse 8, and a huge mountain is thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turns into blood. A third of the sea creatures die. A third of the boats, the ships are destroyed. Se toca la segunda y viene sangre en el mar. Y la tercera parte mar muere. Verse 10, the third angel sounds his trumpet. A great star uh, called Wormwood. Bitterness falls to the earth. A third of the waters uh, become bitter and people die. Se toca la tercera, viene una estrella llamada amargura y una tercera parte de las aguas se vuelven amargas. And then, chapter 8, verse 12, the fourth angel sounds his trumpet, a third of the sun, moon, and stars go dark, a third of the day, a third of the night. Viene la cuarta trompeta y un tercio del sol, la luna, las estrellas, el día y la noche se ponen oscuras. Now, We want to stop right there, because Bible experts help us out here a little bit. They say that there's a couple things we need to notice. First of all, we can notice that just like with the seals, the first four seals and the first four trumpets seem to be a unit, and they seem to be very similar. Los cuatro sellos y las cuatro trompetas son muy parecidas. They form a unit. With the four seals, you had the four horsemen of the Apocalypse, the four riders. Había cuatro jinetes con Here you have four trumpets that are bringing four plagues. Hay cuatro plagas de las cuatro trompetas. The other thing that Bible scholars want us to note is that this section, these, these plagues and these four trumpets, if we listen carefully, they're connecting us with an Old Testament story. A very significant story, the story of the exodus. Estas trompetas nos conectan con el éxodo. Some of you might know the story, how how God worked to deliver the people of Israel uh, from 400 plus years of slavery in Egypt. Dios libró a Israel de 400 años de esclavitud en Egipto. In Exodus 1, we read about it. The people of Israel in their slavery cried out to God. They groaned they in their slavery. clamaba a Dios en su esclavitud. And it says in Exodus 1 that the cries of the people, the groans of the people reached the ears of God. God heard it. Dios oyó su clamor. And what did God do? He sent plagues against Egypt. Él plagas en contra Egipto. What kind of plagues? Well, there was hail and blood and bitter water, and darkness, just to name a few. Había granizo, sangre, aguas amargas, oscuridad. Well, now we come to Revelation 8, and what we find here is that the prayers of God's people are going up like incense before God. They're praying, they're saying, God, help us. Las oraciones del pueblo de Dios llegan como incienso a Dios and an angel takes those prayers puts them in an incenser and and, and then adds fire from the altar and throws it down to earth el angel combina las oraciones con con brazos del altar lo arroja a la tierra what do you get from there? plagues hail blood bitter water darkness son plagas de granizo, sangre aguas amargas y oscuridad and as a result, what do we see? There's significant destruction that takes place on the earth. Hay destrucción en la tierra. It says a third, a third of the earth, a third of the sea, a third of the, the waters, uh, a third of the, uh, of the sky are affected. Se afecta un tercio de la tierra, el mar, las aguas y el cielo. And what's up with that? Why a third? ¿Por qué un tercio? Well, it means, first of all, there's some significant damage. A third is a lot. But second of all, notice something that in the seals it said that when these types of things happened, these types of calamities on the earth happened, a fourth of the earth was destroyed, or a fourth of something was affected. Now it's saying a third was affected. Somehow, in, in ways that, that are hard to understand, this seems to be telling us that that the The wrath of God, the the judgment of God, and the plan of God is building up. The destruction is increasing. It was 25%. Now it's 33%. Later on, it's going to be more. La destrucción, la ira de Dios, está creciendo. And then, in Revelation 8.13, we read this. 8.13 I heard an eagle that was flying in midair call out in a loud voice, whoa, 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 to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blasts about to be sounded by the other three angels. Huy un águila que volaba en medio del cielo que gritaba, ay, 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 de los habitantes de la tierra cuando suenen las tres trompetas en los que los últimos tres ángeles están a punto de tocar. So, so beginning with the fifth trumpet, trumpets five, six, seven, we've got something new here. What we have are plagues, yes, hay tres plagas con esas trompetas, cinco, seis, siete, but these are not just your ordinary plagues. These are woes. These are like whoa plagues, right? Son plagas de ay. Why is that? Because you see, these plagues plagues are not just about destruction on the earth. These plagues come from the pit of hell. Son plagas del infierno. In fact, the fifth trumpet sounds, and out of the abyss, out of hell, there comes this, this invading army of locusts. Viene un ejército de langosas, el abismo. And we need to understand, these are not your garden variety locusts. Now, in Exodus, they had a plague of locusts, didn't they? Había una plaga de langostas en Éxodo. In the Old Testament, the prophet of Joel, chapter 2, there was a plague of locusts against the people of Israel because of their sin. Había una plaga de langostas en contra de Israel en Juan 2 por su pecado. But no, these locusts are different. These are evil scorpion locusts. And they have the power to torture and kill people for five months, which is an intense but very short period of time. Ya son langostas como escorpiones malvados que torturan a la gente. What's up with these locusts? ¿Qué pasa? Well, chapter 9, verse 11 says something significant. It says, they had as king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon. El rey que los dirigía era el ángel del abismo, que en hebreo se llama Abadón y en griego Apollyon. Abaddon, Apollyon, simply means the destroyer. Abadón Apollyon, es el destructor. Who is the one who claims to be king over these locusts? It's Satan. Mm. Satan is the king that he, he is over this. And, and what we're seeing here is we're seeing the chess game from a different level. Yeah, there's stuff going on in the earth. But you see, God is playing chess. And his goal is going to be to corner, trap, and deal with this guy who calls himself king. Then there's the sixth trumpet. And we find another woe, the second woe. La sexta trompeta nos da el, el segundo ay. And there we find out of the river Euphrates, four angels release an army like none before. An army of 200 million soldiers. Remember, we're at number six now, right? We started at one, we're on six. It's getting closer and closer to that great day. And this army that comes out is not just a regular army. This is a demon army. These are demon soldiers riding demon horses with heads like lions and they're, they're grotesque and they're, they're breathing out stuff like never before. Estos soldados son demonios y los caballos también. In fact, these bring not just one plague. They bring three in one. Traen tres plagas en una. Look at verse 19, or 18 rather. A third of mankind was killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke, And sulfur that came out of their mouths. That was out of the horses' mouths. La tercera parte de la humanidad murió a causa de las tres plagas de fuego, humo y azufre que salían de la boca de los caballos. So you see the tendency? With the seals it was that way. Things got worse. Things got harder. With the trumpets, same thing. It's bad, but then it gets worse. It's dark, but then it gets darker. Así con las cosas se ponen peor. And as this picture becomes more ominous and threatening and scary, frankly, the natural question we're asking here is, how can God's people possibly survive this? ¿Cómo puede el pueblo Dios sobrevivir How can God's faithful withstand this onslaught that is coming ¿Cómo este and the answer is I believe we need to remember the story that's being told hay que recordar la historia in the Exodus story, way back in the Old Testament, the people of Israel were, were there when God sent the 10 plagues against the Egyptians, 10 terrible plagues, and they just kept getting worse until finally the plague of death came upon the land. Dios envió plagas a los egipcios y se ponían peor. But notice something about the Exodus story. God's people, the people of Israel, were never touched by the plagues. El pueblo de Israel no fue tocado por las plagas. They were protected. They were sealed. They were were covered. Estaban protegidos, sellados. How? Well, in the 10th plague, it becomes evident. They were covered by brushing the blood of a spotless lamb over their doors so that the angel of death would not touch them. Ponían la sangre de un cordero perfecto sobre sus puertas. As these woes are being played out here. We need to remember all of these events that are going on. Something I said a couple weeks ago every single one of these events that were being shown, they're all in the hand of the Lamb who holds the scroll. Estos eventos están en la mano del Cordero. And he is the one. The Lamb who was slain is going to mark, seal, cover and protect his people, how? By his blood over us. El Cordero nos protege por su sangre que está sobre nosotros. We need to know what story is being told here so that we do not lose heart. Because you see, the seven trumpets are not meant to scare the the living daylights out of us. The seven trumpets are actually meant to give us a picture from God's point of view of what's going on and to give us confidence in the face of the challenges that are coming. Estas siete trompetas nos da confianza and they remind us that God is sovereign. He is in control over evil. Jonathan said that earlier. Dios está soberano. And his blood covers his people. Now, no doubt, the Christians from the seven churches, the seven ancient churches who got this letter first, no doubt they heard this message loud and clear as they read through this. Los primeros cristianos antiguos comprendían esto, but we need to get it too. We need to listen to it as well. God hears the prayers of his people. He hears our prayers. He knows our concerns. And he is going to lead us safely through these things. How? Through Jesus, who is the true and better Moses. Jesús nos va a llevar por estas cosas como Moisés. Now, you think about the Exodus story. Remember Pharaoh and his armies? They're chasing down the people of Israel. They're bearing down. They're about to get them. And what happens? God opens up the Red Sea, and Moses takes the people through the Red Sea to safety. Pharaoh acosaba a los israelitas. Moisés llevó a los israelitas por el Mar Rojo. Well, as the forces of evil threaten to, to overcome and chase down the people of God, we have someone better than Moses. We have Jesus. And he is the one who delivers and takes us to safety. How? Through the Red Sea of his blood. He's the lamb who was slain and lives again. Jesus nos lleva la seguridad por el marrojo de su sangre. We've got to live the story that's being told and know the story. Now, In the Exodus story, there's another detail that I think we can point to. Notice, every time God sent a plague to the Egyptians, Pharaoh and the leaders hardened their hearts. They refused to let the people go. They refused to repent. Cada vez que Dios enviaba una plaga, Faraón no quiso arrepentirse, se endureció su corazón. Revelation 9.20 says something interesting. After the sixth trumpet and all these woes are coming down, it says the rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the works of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk. El resto de la humanidad que los que no murieron a causa de esas plagas tampoco se arrepintieron de las malas acciones ni dejaron de adorar a los demonios y a los ídolos los cuales no pueden ver, ni oír, ni caminar. in spite of all the terrible things that may happen in spite of these plagues in spite of the warnings a pesar de las plagas y las advertencias because when you think about a trumpet what's a trumpet it's a warning signal in spite of the warnings we're being told here that there will be people who will not believe in fact they will get more angry and harder and more resistant to God's way. Habrá gente que que endurece su corazón y no se va a arrepentir. So we're at the end of Trumpet 6 here, and that's where chapter 9 ends. We've still got to look at Trumpet number 7, and we're going to get there in a few chapters. Trumpet number seven won't be sounded until chapter 11. And we'll see kind of played out that final woe in chapter 12. Capítulo 11 vemos a la séptima trompeta. And then as I said, after that, we, we need to wait a while before we get to the seven bowls of wrath. And we'll be getting to those in a few weeks. But I want to pause here and ask a question, which I think is an important question to ask after we've been in all these weeds. So what? Right? What does this have to do with us? ¿Qué tiene que ver esto con what can we learn? ¿Qué well, I think one thing we can learn is how very patient and merciful God is. Dios es paciente y misericordioso. 2 Peter 9 in the Bible talks about this. 2 uh, Peter chapter 3 verse 9. Talks about this, and it's talking about the fact that you know the the world hasn't come to an end yet, and and Peter says this: the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. el Señor no tarda en cumplir su promesa, según entienden algunos, la tardanza, más bien, él tiene paciencia con ustedes, porque no quiere que nadie perezca, sino que todos se arrepientan. God is not being vengeful God is not being unjust at the end of the day absolutely no one will be able to say God didn't warn me God wasn't fair with me I didn't get a chance no God is very very patient He wants all to come to Him. He wants all to escape the just consequences of their sin and to find life in Christ. Not all will, but that is what He offers. So God is patient. Secondly, there's a challenge here, I think, for us today, and that challenge is to pray, to send up our prayers like incense before God. We should be a people that are constantly crying out and saying, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Debemos estar orando. Venga tu reino, hágase tu voluntad en la tierra como en el cielo. That's part of what we are about as a people. And, And the Bible says that we are hastening the day by praying, by living into that. Finally, I think there's an invitation here too. And the invitation is for all of us to look beyond the present evil circumstances in our world and to understand God's at work at a higher level. I que mirar más allá de las circunstancias malvadas del mundo. God is doing something. I loved what Greg said last week and it's been my impression as well. You know, we can get scared by all of this and say, wow, this is terrible stuff going on, but have you read the headlines lately? It's happening already, right? There's junk going on in our world already. We need to understand God's got it in hand. He's got a plan. Dios tiene un plan frente a todo el mal que vemos en el mundo. And as one extra thing, I want to add this. This chapter, if nothing else, is challenging each one of us not to live our lives by playing checkers. No debemos vivir jugando las damas. What do I mean? I mean that we're just kind of going straight ahead to get ahead. I just want to get better at my work. I just want a promotion. I just want more money in the bank. I just want that next toy to buy. I just want more prestige. I just want more. I want to be king. I want to get to the point where I become king. That's playing checkers. And it really is about stuff that will not endure. Simplemente quiero avanzar. Avanzar mi carrera, mi dinero, mis cosas. Quiero hacerme rey. Esas son las damas. Remember the game that's being played here, people. God's playing chess. Dios está jugando el ajedrez. He's the king. And he's in charge. And he's got the plan. So how are we to live in that? ¿Cómo vivir así? Con Dios a cargo. Well, I think. It's simply this, trust in the Lamb with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in Jesus. Confía en Jesús el Cordero de todo corazón y no en su propia inteligencia. I want to invite us to pray into that right now. Let's pray together. Vamos a orar. God we are humbled as we read these visions of your servant John that he's written down for us no sumilla ver estas visiones and it reminds us again that as we go about our daily lives as we go to work and as we take our kids to school and as we interact with people there is a higher purpose going on And it's not just about us. It's about you. Esto nos recuerda que en la vida cotidiana hay un propósito más alto. Es tu reino. It's your kingdom. And so, God, we pray for courage. We pray that we might live lives covered by the blood, the life, the perfect sinless life of Jesus Christ given for us. Que podamos vivir cubiertos de la sangre de Jesús y de su vida perfecta. Thank you for your sacrifice, Jesus. Thank you for your death and resurrection. Teach us to follow you and trust you in the midst of all the turmoil of our world and to know that you have it in hand. Ayúdanos a confiar en ti frente al caos del mundo y que tú tienes todo en tu mano. We just give ourselves to you and we glorify you, we worship you, and we pray. Make us your light in the darkness. Haznos tu luz en la oscuridad. It's in your name we pray, dear Jesus. Amen.